0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is taken from our gospel reading from Mark chapter 13 with an emphasis on these words. Jesus said, and when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. This is our text. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, amen. I want to begin uh, this morning with a question for all of the moms who are uh, with us in the congregation this morning, All, all of you moms. Have you ever looked forward to giving birth? Now be careful with this question because I don't mean have you ever looked forward to having children? As, as many of you have. I mean the actual event of birthing a child. Any anyone? Any hands? Okay. One or two or three, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I see some knowing nods as well. You know, the, the task of labor, as the name implies, is quite laborious, isn't it? It's hard work, it's painful. It can take a very long time sometimes, and no doubt for the mother, it may even feel like an eternity. And yes, as those of us who have witnessed a child being born can attest, it's also very bloody. I don't say this to take the wind out of the sails of any expectant mothers that we have with us this morning, or who may be watching at home, but this is the truth. Birth is a process of attrition. And boy, are moms tough (laughs) for going through it. Now, perhaps some of you might have felt a little bit deflated today when we heard in our gospel lesson how Jesus compares the signs of the end times with that of the pain of childbirth. After two weeks in a row now of just beautiful festival services which called to mind first how the Lord preserved His church in history through the Reformation, and then secondly how He will renew it and restore it in perfection on the last day at the resurrection from the dead, boy, today's gospel lesson at first kind of sounds like an abrupt and rather disheartening change of pace, if we're being honest. In fact, I would reckon that any time that we hear Jesus begin to preach at the end of the church year regarding his eschatological discourse, that is, his teaching on the end times, well, the old Adam in each of us has the tendency to approach these things with an air of doom and gloom. And you know hearing today's pericope, I admit that you would be excused for doing just that. This isn't an easy reading, is it? For a moment, though, I want you to take some time out and and distance yourself a little bit from from where you are today, and I want you to put yourselves in the shoes of the disciples, the, the 12 apostles who followed Jesus. I want you to imagine how they must have felt What they must have seen as they followed their rabbi through the grand temple colonnade right after Palm Sunday. How they were surrounded by the hustle and bustle of their Jewish community in the very dwelling place of God. Close your eyes if you have to and just imagine what that spectacle must have been like. For they were still probably riding high at this moment after the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, they probably still had the shouts of Hosanna ringing in their ears. And on their part, they had now come to believe, or perhaps for some of them were starting to believe, that their Lord was indeed the Messiah. That He had ridden now into David's royal city to kick some Roman butt and to end the occupation and restore the kingdom to Israel. It would be hard for them not to get swept up in the majesty and the grandeur of this thought. And so they took this time as they entered into the temple to marvel upon the magnificence of the structure which was built following the days of the Babylonian captivity and now which was being given a very expensive renovation project by King Herod. They paused and they looked up and as their eyes were full of wonder, they said to Jesus, look teacher, look, what wonderful stones, what wonderful buildings. Now to this, Jesus promptly shatters their illusion. Do you see these great buildings? The Lord said, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. A prophecy which would come to place within 40 years of when he said it. Oh, but make no mistake, he was just getting warmed up with some of these prophecies. Later, when he and his disciples came to the Mount of Olives, his followers took the opportunity, rightly, to question him, to have him elaborate on on some of what he had been talking about when they were back at the temple. See that no one leads you astray, Jesus continued. Many will come in my name. Many of them saying, I am he, that is, the Messiah, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom there will be earthquakes in various places there will be famines okay so that sounds pretty bad but we have to remember israel was a nation that was well accustomed to hearing wars and rumors of wars in fact since jesus's ministry kicked off a time span of about 3 years many people had approached him throughout his his proclamation to get his personal take on a number of different events. There was an earthquake, the collapse of a structure which claimed several innocent lives. There was the beheading of a local prophet and Jesus' own cousin, John the Baptist. And there were several abuses being carried out against the people by tax collectors and local authorities of all kinds. Jesus' warning, in other words, wouldn't have come as a major shock to anyone living in first-century Roman-occupied Palestine. What did surprise them, however, was Jesus himself seeming to use such alarmist speech when he was apparently the one that was supposed to come and bring these things to an end. Like so many of the prosperity theologians and the evangelicals of our day, the disciples of Jesus were under the mistaken notion that following Him would somehow spare them from these worldly atrocities such as persecution and famine and natural disaster. They were looking for some relief. But still Jesus doubles down. Be on your guard, He continues For they will deliver you over to the councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will have to stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child. The children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. There will be blood, says Jesus. Make no mistake. Following me will be no easy street. Now all of these things, he said not to terrify his poor disciples, but rather to prepare them. For the Lord was not calling them to a life of luxury, as some of them assumed, but rather to a life of toil and hardship they would have to give an account of him before ecclesial and civil authorities authorities who had rejected him that would was-